Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Oh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Smod Coast Morning Show, West Coast Tuesday edition. It's me, Marty, your host, here with Kruger. Say hi, Kruger. Isn't it I? What? It is I, Marty, you? Oh. You said me. Oh, no. It's me. <laughs> Who is it? It's me. Okay. It is I. It is I, Marty, you. Yeah, I don't know. We're I am your host, not me, I'm your host. Clearly, we're not the grammar police here. <laughs> no. Uh, Not at all. If you're just tuning in, we are a weekly morning show. Um, Let's see. uh, We start off the show with a little uh, weather and traffic. So go, Steve. Weather and traffic. Look outside. That's the weather. And get your car. That's the traffic. Yeah. Moving on. Let's get to to sports. How about them Clippers? Go Clips. Go Clips. Yeah. We are... um, L.A. is in a bit of a, a mess Kerf- right kerfuffle. Now. Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Yes. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, haven't been listening. Oh, by the way, you can t- tweet in live at uh, noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. That's the email address. But we are Nooner Dan Marty yeah. on the Twitter, uh-huh. and we also have a Tumblr that is maintained by two very faithful listeners, Tyson and Darren, and that's at uh, tuesdaysmorning.tumblr.com. dot com. Tuesdays mornings. Jesus. Rolls off the tongue. It just rolls off the tongue. We are a well-oiled machine. What if you're on a Unix system and you uh, need to get through CompuServe to get to us? What's the uh, what are the coordinates? I don't know. We have somebody live uh, tweeting in from Hong Kong. No way. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's Victor. I think is that is it, uh, anyhow. He's we have a listener in Hong Kong. Do you have any words for him? Isn't it the middle of the night in Hong yeah, Kong? Yeah, here's what he said. He said tuning in live from Hong Kong will stay. We'll try to stay awake yeah, uh, for as long as I like could. Yeah, it's like one in the morning. Yeah. Go to sleep. No. Listen to this tomorrow. No, no. It's, it's, it just gets better with age, like wine and Marty. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, anyhow, thank you for listening in. If you're listening in at all, let us know your, let us hear your tweet voice. Yes. And uh, tweet in if you haven't before or send in an email. And we've got Mike O'Donohue, who I believe is in somewhere in the Midwest. Chicago? Um, That's sure. the Midwest. Sure. That's pretty much Canada. Carrie Lynn is, is listening live. Uh, Logan is uh, listening live. And um, Jade Lynn is going to miss a bunch of the show because she has to go to the dentist. This is a, That's the romper room moment. Um, but do you have any words about uh, Donald Sterling? What's a romper room moment? I oh, don't know well, what that means. Th- th- there was a TV show. And then yeah, I know the TV Miss show. Marianne would have this, uh, this little mirror that she would look into and say hi to everybody. Say I, you know, I see Marty. I, I have no Steve. recollection of that, and I watched yeah. every one. Well, wow. Yep. And let's see. I did remember to press record. The the little light is on. Let's so do the check off. Yeah. Is Bill here to complain about your audio? No, uh, no Bill uh, is Bill is late. Bill's sitting in the car listening to talk radio about sports. Yes. And Dan is still in the edit room, editing room, doing finishing up. Uh, Eye zombie. Eye zombie. Yes. And uh, Emily could not make it today. She. Tweeted in her. She regrets. still has Epstein Barr. She still has lupus. Um, she has all those things. Uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. So. She has Emily O'Hara disease. Yep. Syndrome. Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right. I would love a disease named after me. What would the symptoms of your disease be? This irascibility. <laughs> irascibility. <laughs> Advan- and dry mouth. Dry mouth and advanced dickishness. <laughs> 
Uh, gr- grumpy? No, I, I have I have been tweeted at that I'm grumpy. I am no, I am not grumpy. You're not grumpy. Bill is grumpy. He's a grumpy yeah. old man. Yeah, yeah. He is, he now, really what is, is the distinction between grumpiness and your? Because um, I'm just an you, asshole. You're an I just I just poke at you and go meh, 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 But Bill goes. Bill has a rant and he just complains about. You know, I don't like waiting in line at blah blah blah. When I'm at line at uh, at, a, at a supermarket, I'm off in a fantasy, imagining how I would murder each person in front of me. And or actually, I don't know if it falls under dickishness or assholeness. I, I figure out a way to make things more efficient, which I think is Asperger's. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you're on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere. Yeah. I, I'm always trying to find a, a better way to, to make things run. So I should <laughs> except have been a, for emotions. No, 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 emotions. I've given up on. Yeah, but, yeah. but but lines and traffic and things like that. And it's by the way, it's Vincent in Hong Kong. Hey, Vincent. Yes. I, how big is your uh, space? How many square yeah, yeah, how feet? Many, how many? Like, have you seen that? I think there's a, this apartment in, in uh, I think it's in Hong Kong where this architect made it where it's like you just slide things over and it creates new rooms and and like it's just like a 200 square foot apartment that i I can imagine that yeah it's a tight little city there yeah but i like that sort of listening Uh, and that that sort of living where you you're there's ultra efficiency and and just like your place it's a model of efficiency oh my god and look at i more more places you have more furniture to then pile stuff on top i know get get the stuff off the ground i have uh, yes i have furniture to keep stuff off the ground so that the dogs don't chew it Basically, that's how it works. Oh, it's a fucking. It's just an endless cycle here. More dogs, then more stuff has to get off the ground, then more dogs. Yeah, Mike is uh, listening from Florida. He's on vacation. I'm and, so sorry. Yes, and uh, the good Florida or the bad Florida? Is there a good Florida? Where's a good Florida? All right, I take that back. No, actually, Miami is not a bad place. I mean, it's it's intense, but that's a real city. Yeah, and uh, Sarasota on the west coast is a nice place. Mm-hmm. It's where uh, Barnum and Bailey College is near Tampa. Tampa's not a good place, uh, <laughs> and everything else is just Will was Cleveland esque. Uh, thank you, by the way, Will Wilkins, for getting us on the air. And I was playing blurp music, and he was complaining about that. Uh, okay, so the wait, but you said on the air. Yeah. When well, are we going to move past this? Like when when people say it's it's, it's sort of. Did like, you film it? Did yeah, you, yeah, did, yeah. Did you get a camera out and film it? I said, there's no film in my camera. Right. When but, are we going to move on? Because the, the metaphor works. We're on the air. We're on the air. We're live. We're on the net. Sure, but... There's no... We're, we're not in the air. You can't grab our signals like Arrow and repackage them. Right, but it's... Which I don't think they would repackage this. It is... Uh, it, that to me is a more interesting story than the Clippers guy. Oh, all right. So those of you who don't know, the, the uh, owner of the, the Clippers was recorded... Uh, on an incredibly racist rant on his his much younger girlfriend, uh, shocking, shocking, an eighty eighty five year old guy with billionaire, without, an eighty without a, a trace of gray hair. That's, yeah, that's my first note. Is right. I know you're eighty five. Your face looks like a lady's handbag. Yes, have a little gray on the side. Don't don't dye it all. Right. Okay. Right. But that's and then yeah, we'll so build to the big. He stuff. was complaining that his half uh, half black half Mexican girlfriend was. Uh, posted a, a photo of herself with uh, Magic Johnson right. on Instagram. Yes. And he he didn't want her posing with a black person online in photos or bringing them to the Clippers game. Right. The I mean, a basketball game. Have you been to a basketball game? I went to one Clippers game once. Yeah, there's 10 black people there. Uh, they're, on, they're on the parquet throwing the ball around. Right, right. And he's paying them. Yeah. 
Well, I, I had ignored the story because it's a non-story. It, um, it's really not relevant or important. But then I finally listened to the rant, and I was kind of sh- I, I was expecting a lot worse, um, in terms of outrageous shit said about black people. Right. I mean, didn't uh, Mel Gibson tell his girlfriend that she should get raped by a, a pack of n words? I believe some, something like that's, that. That's that's intense. Like that. That's. But that that is kind of just like that is rage, right? That that is sort of blind rage. It's different from saying. Don't show up at my games with black people. Yeah, that is an active. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not excusing him. But remember the OJ trial. I, I know you, you. You know it well. You you watch it on on Laserdisc over and over again mm-hmm. here in your uh, media center. Mark Furman was the was one of the investigating police officers, and then he had they had cross examined him, and he had spoken to a fledgling screenwriter who was interviewing him about police work for a script. And he had said some shit that I couldn't. I still can't believe. Right. And this is this is a uh, um, a policeman. This is a person who affects black people's lives. Right. But the but, but the Clippers coach actually uh, owner owner. Excuse me. Yes, the coach is uh, the guy from the Celtics, who's the highest played, paid black uh, coach Doc Rivers. in Doc Rivers in in the league. So it's like one of those. It, it's not. It's he's a dick, and he's. He is also dating a half Latino, half black woman. That's like a uh, a royal flush in terms of racism. Like he he's got like everything in there that a white person would hate, mm-hmm. which I guess you put aside when you know she's blowing the dust out of your cock. But um, I, I don't know. I was expecting worse. Like you know, I hate black people, and I it 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 just disgusts me when they take the court and i wish well, obviously he's a he's an educated smart yeah, he's not a systematic racist right. he just said some bad shit but my my first question i'm holding up the number two because this is my actual second question that, is, yeah that, that's is, his symbol for first okay so a week ago no one other than la clipper fans had ever heard of this dude he's just another he's a notorious like just a shitty owner team owner. they're all shitty owners you know what who's our research team out there on the uh, interwebs darren yeah, look up a guy named Tom Yawkey, Y A W K E Y. He owned a, a small a small baseball squadron called the the Boston Red Sox, and he had the opportunity to sign Jackie Robinson in, yes. in forty seven. And he and, went, I don't want black people on my team. And in and fact, he, the Red he did, he did try him out though. He, he did try him out. Yeah. And then the, the dot he they they said no, he won't fit in here. And the Red Sox were the last team in Major League Baseball to, to, to have a black player. Right, That's it. Wasn't the curse of of uh, getting rid of Babe Ruth? It right. was they had lumbering, doughy white guys. And then the rest of the teams had these faster, better athletes who happened to be black. So right. I want to talk about institutional racism that actually affected your business. This, I mean, I, I and what's his name? Sterling something? Donald Sterling? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not excusing his behavior, but a he just said, "I don't want you photo, pho- photograph with black guys." An 80 year old guy saying that in this day and age is not that shocking. But it, it's. He didn't say, I'm going to fire that Doc Rivers because I want a white coach in right. there. Right, but, but see, that's why his racism... Like, back then, Tom Yawkey could have an all-white team, and people wouldn't complain about it. He would lose because he didn't have... the. He wasn't going for the best athletes. He yes. was just going for the whitest. Yes. But it wasn't a complaint. Just like, you know, 20 years ago, you could... Um, or 30 years ago, you could be on TV and talk about, uh, you know... Um, anti-gay things and nobody would bat an eye 
You can still make fun of Asian people. And you can still Apparently. make fun of Asian people. No, today you can. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. That, that, that's just... Uh, but the, my, uh, my other point was... But, oh, go ahead. No, 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 but, no go ahead. But he, he's, he, the things that he said were actually like, creepier than, like, you know, I don't like black people. But it's just like, don't hang around with black people. Why would you do that? Don't t- get your picture taken with black people. Don't... And, and she's black. Half black. Yes. I know. It, it's less racist and more just weird. Like what? I guess so. Like you are surrounded by black people who are making you tons of money right. and they're playing incredibly well. You are dating a Klansman's nightmare, you know, like right. a Latino oh. slash black. What? Oh, no. There, there was that. Uh, there, I'm, I'm seeing them at Coachella next year. <laughs> Klansman's nightmare. Um, and and I, I just was expecting something more N-wordy and more... That's why it, it was, it was cre- like that's why it was I, creepier to me. I, she, yeah, I, well, the creepy part was actually her because who is recording this? Right, and she said that she didn't release it, but she's still well. How, it. What, what are we? Are we? Was it a podcast they do every week yeah, on, this, on exactly. the Smallcast yeah. Network? I mean, she is enunciating every word and almost like getting him to repeat stuff. It just feels like like the singer case, you know? She wants. Uh, more money, she wants whatever. I mean, she's obviously with him for a very specific reason. He's uh, fucking hot. Fraser Glenn Miller was arrested uh, for killing those three uh, three people outside a Jewish community center. Yes, I, I don't think any of them were Jewish. Actually, that he shot, but he, it was outside a Jewish center. Jewish enough. Jewish enough. Yeah, Jewish by association, uh, by proximity, and it turns out he was busted. Uh, while having sex with a black male prostitute in the back of a car. And he insists that he did it. He didn't know he was black? No. <laughs> or <laughs> I thought it was a giant. The lights are off. I don't the know. biggest clitoris ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, clitoris. Yeah. Uh, so he, um, he says that he hired him to beat him up <laughs> after he fucked him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's all sorts of weird hypocrisy going on in the but world. But she's recording him for some reason. You don't just hit record on your right. phone. No, like there's she's some... going. I have tape of you saying something. I want X. I'm and uh, this is me hy- hypothesizing. But there's something that she wanted, and she had tape on him, and he said, "Go fuck yourself." This is not the news story that I wanted to lead off with. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad we did. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's perfectly natural. This weekend, uh, Pope Francis, for those of you who don't know who the Pope is, his name's Frank. He tweeted out, inequality is uh, the root of all social evil. And uh, I thought that was... He tweeted out. He tweeted that out. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd say the Pope tweeted... Pontifex. Pontifex? Something like that. That's his his tweet handle. Okay. And, And we've talked about inequality a lot and uh, and it's it's become a bigger thing in the news uh you've got elizabeth warren talking about it and she income inequality income inequality that's yeah. what he was speaking yeah not inequality inequality right 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 well, i think he was saying inequality but he talks a lot, a lot about uh income inequality and there's a new best seller out called cap, cap capital in the 21st century have you heard of it no really you of course maybe it's a this french dude named thomas piketty He's uh, this economist, and he makes a distinction between wealth and income. And wealth comes from capital, it's inherited, income comes from productivity. And his basic theory is that 
uh, in a system that where the returns on capital, and then I'm sorry to get a little nerdy on this, but so like investments in banking, all that sort of thing, when the returns on capital are larger than the growth of the overall economy, uh, income inequality increases. So basically yes. inherited wealth grows faster than earned wealth, then um, unless something is done about it, in, uh, the problem gets worse and worse. And that's what we're have, seeing right now. And what should be done about it? Well, uh, well, okay. So, he, in your humble opinion, we'll get to that. But he, <laughs> okay. so this French dude makes this case using actual data from the past three centuries, and so he's not a Fox called, News contributor, right? Right. It's so, not how I feel things should be, right? Oh, okay. And but of course, I like him already. Fox News, they're they're calling him a communist and a Marxist. When he, it's not Mark, it, nothing. He's. I mean, who is still a communist? Right. Right. North Korea. And and when I you mean, talk, re- like in, when you when you break it down, like who like who is I mean, Cuba? Uh, yeah, what do they do? Yeah, but, C- but, cigars and, and pitchers. But no, no successful uh, country, no no growing country is uh, adheres to pure capitalism or pure socialism. Exactly, yeah. state capitalism. Yes. So, uh, so I, mean, I just want to be clear. I'm totally. I haven't read the book. It's 700 pages. I'm talking out my ass. Well, come I'm not on, Mark. Maybe, maybe put a pin in this for next week. You know, I, I need to get a, a new nightstand so I can buy the book to put it on and so that people will see what, okay. what an erudite person I am. Uh, so he, he um, points out like the, one of the eras of greatest growth in the U.S. was uh, post-World War II, mid-20th century, when you had strong organized labor, the huge taxes, and uh, this great technological innovation in this country. And, you know, when you think of, like, Eisenhower era. I don't, but yes. Yeah. Well, that's when I wasn't the, alive. the middle class thrived back then. So since then, uh, the taxes on the wealthy have decreased. Yes. Bank, banking rules have become more lax yes. and less transparent. Yes. And unions have become less powerful. Yes. Uh, so what's happened from all that is that the middle class... Uh, of the U.S. is no longer longer the richest in the world. So basically, you look at the median income. Right. The U.S. is for the past thirty five years has always been on top. Right. And now we are second to Canada. Oh, isn't that those oh, hockey watching? Right. Which maple is why drinking. Which is protein why, eating. This episode oh. is dedicated to Chris Brown, our friend in Saskatoon. Is he in the middle class? Uh, I don't know, but he lives a great life from everything he talks about. He's a triathlete. He's uh, uh, he's he's a cook. He's uh, he does theater. He's living the life. He's living the dream. So Chris, uh, he, he contributed to our Indiegogo campaign, and we'll get to his. Oh, then he's middle later. class for sure. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, Chris Brown, for sponsoring the show, and congratulations Canada for earning more than us. And and this is after tax income, basically. So so since. 2000, the median income in the U.S. has stagnated, but has just gone up in all, uh, all, like all the Northwestern uh, sort of European countries. It's gone up. For instance, since uh, 2000, the median incomes in Britain and Canada have increased almost 20 percent, 19.7 percent in 10 years from 2000 to 2010. And guess how much they went up in the U.S.? 4 percent. 0.3 percent. That's barely a percent. That's not even a percent. That's not even half a percent. <laughs> yeah, that's, you that's down. less than half of a percent. Yes. And, it's and, more than 0.1%. Right. But it's less than 0.4%. And yet, during that time, the rich have gotten richer. Of course. So the median income has, has stayed the same. So that means poor people are getting poor, rich people are getting richer, and the, the middle class has just stagnated. 
Wonder, so, wonderful. I know. It's, oh, it, wonderful. So meanwhile, in Scandinavian countries, which aren't making as much as us in the median income, uh, these are countries that have free health care and free uh, university educations. Canada, the prices of a university is like a fifth of what we pay. So mm. basically, we might have higher incomes in these countries, but we are not living better. Our standards of living are much worse, and our windows of opportunity are are just uh, are much smaller. Are you depressed yet, America? I know Marty's Marty's but, buzzkill. Oh my God! Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. It's 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 pretty scary. So um, the. The things that need to change are like we need to fix education. I don't know if Common Core is the the right answer, but what's Common Core? Common Core is this new thing that the government is pushing. Uh, that like Louis C.K. just tweeted out some some of the questions that his yeah kids had I to saw do. yeah yeah, and they're they're not very well. They're trying to get kids to. They're very complicated, and I don't think it's necessarily uh, good thinking. Kids are learning how to take tests, and they're not learning. For this, the love of learning, right, and that that's a problem. And I don't think you can do that institutionally. You have to just hire good teachers, and then large. Co- but what has stopped us from hiring good teachers? There's no. We've been slashing education, budgets. right, and unions too, and unions. Yes, yes. Um, because you say unions were strong. Yes, they were in the Eisenhower era, and then they have gone too far, where you can't fire a teacher. Right. My dad was a tenured. It has nothing to do with unions, but it's it's systemic. Of he was a tenured professor. He was fucking horrible. You need accountability in the yeah. system. And, yes. and unions, that's why you need to balance unions. They need to. But accountability is test scores. So they say, look, teach kids how to take tests. Then they test well. Then teachers stay right. in place. And then schools keep getting federal funding. So the whole system is broken. Yeah, absolutely. So home, homeschool. You're, gonna, you're homeschooling your dogs? Oh yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't go yeah, to a. They yeah. don't go to a private school. They have school. great critical thinking <laughs> skills. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they're not. They're not I noticed good. one of them was reading Beowulf when I came in. That's pretty advanced mm-hmm. for a four-year-old dog. Yeah. So, I mean, he was reading. You know, also had the the clip notes next to it. But still, <laughs> I mean, it's a hard fucking book. It, but yes, in conjunction, those two yes. things work together. Well, it's but smart enough that the dog would know a how to purchase cliff notes and then b how to use them along with Beowulf. Uh, so then the other problem is that large corporations are not distributing their earnings equitably. Uh, executive yes. salaries are going up and unions are weak. Workers are getting fewer raises. And then lastly, the governments need to uh, have in Europe and Canada have taken aggressive steps to keep low incomes and middle incomes high. You know, they, they've, they've aggressively tried to uh, make, you know, j- just increase wages. And that's a government thing. So, uh, we need to do things like raise the minimum wage, and but it, we need to do something. Yeah, I don't know if that's it because well, I'm, here's I'm, what Piketty pr- proposes. He says oh, an eighty oh. percent. You didn't read his book. What? No. Oh, I you just, read an article that, read that an some, article. someone read his book. No, and you're uh, I read the article that said, if you don't read this book, here's all you need to know. From <laughs> you are Piketty's. what's wrong with journalism. I know. You are a half ass. I know. I just I read this uh, this headline. I watched on, the, the. I watched. I read the Huff Post headline. Uh, and uh, that's this all guy was on uh, John Stewart, and I watched the interview, so I pretty much know the book. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah seven hundred yeah. page book. Yeah, um, he proposes an eighty percent tax on all income over five hundred thousand dollars. That's too high. Uh, that is very high. But he says, according to him, he says that it won't uh, slow down growth. But that, that is a lot of money. Um, it and, was up around in Japan. It's up. It was up around ninety. Yeah, and in this country, it was over ninety at the turn of the century. Mm, yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. 
Uh, and then promote, we need to promote education. That's what he says, to stimulate technical innovation. And then we need to have government enact legislation that rewards transparency, it, productivity, and social justice. Right, right. Go. But you say fix education. Or what, what was the nomenclature? Oh, well. What did he actually say? I don't know. I didn't read the book. Oh, right. No, you're no, you're but, reading a platitude but, written by a, a, oh, yeah, yeah. a nerd who read it all night on Adderall and mm-hmm. just typed it up. I, I, it's not just fix education, make better teachers. We need to figure out well, why we educate some people and why we don't right. educate some other people. Well, we, I, what I was saying is that you need to have education that, that stimulates technical innovation. Yes. Like if you want to go to school and you want to get a chemical engineering degree, it's free. If you want to study, uh, what what you go? Oh, you were you were uh, art school. Yeah, you want you want to major in theater. You're on your own. You have to pay for it. Right. Well, it, it, but just just to reset the balance of there's too many people getting. I, I meet too many kids with just bullshit degrees, just doing nothing, and I'm like, well, why'd you even go to college? Well, right. it, it rounded me. Right. No, you can. Your tablet has five thousand books on it. You can take classes. You can, you can round your education, but there's just you know. Uh, and I'm speaking from a guy that lives in L.A. where I meet nothing but theater weenies and think, why would you even go to school for that? Why didn't you just come? It's a trade. Why didn't you just come out and, and, and get involved in it? So I think it would behoove them to think, all right, we'll, we'll pay for people to go study areas where we need more people, where, where we're lacking. So right. there'll be some competition to get in there. You know, in, in China, they fight to get kids into English-speaking schools right, right, because right. they know if they can learn English, they can do business with the West, and they can make more money. You know? And we just let any, you know, yep, you want to go to college? Here's a Pell Grant. Here's, uh, here's some student loans that the government will underwrite. I, I, I think it's, it's not just fixing the system, but, but kind of uh, leading it towards... Uh, the future where we need fewer and fewer actors and uh, philosophy majors and lawyers. We don't need like law yeah, school. Yeah. It's $200 million a year to go to law school. Like we're, we're done. We're all full of lawyers. We don't, that's, that's, <laughs> ah, sorry. whoa. Sorry, sorry. Ah. What the fuck just happened? No, uh, my computer started oh. doing something. Uh, my rant, I, I can't remember now. Uh, yeah, but I also think that you do need, you want, but I'm a fascist. Like I think we need, we need a, a king to come in and go, nope. No yeah. more, no more theater weenies. No more uh, philosophy want, film students. You don't want people. You want people to pursue the arts too. Like, no. Yeah, sure. Not at all. No. Pursue it on your own time, but not mm-hmm. not at a uh, four-year university and get yourself into one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt. Uh, That's just yeah. me. Well, I, th- I think that we need more engineers. Sure, sure. But we we also want we want good movies. Well, and no, we don't. They're all being made in oh my God. China. No, and we also need a, a manufacturing class. We need people who are not going to go uh into white collar jobs and maybe some sort of specialty school where you go for a year or something that gets us producing again because we don't make anything. And that's a huge part of our our income in inequality is and the, the the failure of the middle class is there's no manufacturing jobs that's the things that they sort of do right, so right. you know they all i mean i'm pulling shit out of my ass but i i would think if we made a little a few more things and instead of importing everything from china we, yeah. we would we would create but i don't think that's going to change anytime in the near future like maybe, no but that's why we need king kruger to go well, to right. dc and yeah I, no, the I, market I think, is driving us to look. Americans want; they have less money. They want cheap shit. 
Where are we going to get cheap shit? China. So we have a trade imbalance with China, and then we go into debt, and guess who loans us money? The guys. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a mess. The, the irony is that Steve and I don't make anything. I make nothing. <laughs> we make nothing, and we somehow people cut us paychecks from time to time, and we make... We're exceptions, not the rule. Right. Yeah. So uh, Lou was saying that there's this documentary... Inequality for all. That's I think that's the Robert Reich one. You know, he's the he's he's the we one. Yeah, from the Clinton era. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like a little four dude. Four foot ten, something like he that. He plays drums for the uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket too. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I like him. That lot, guy's a little but, guy too. Um, and then Tyson just posted an education connection link. If you go to our Twitter feed, you can get that. Uh, have you? Do you play video games at all? Sometimes. Yeah. Anything good lately? No. What was the last good video game? You good played? game? Mm-hmm. You're, you're a PS3 guy. Ah, uh, good game. All I right. just, I, I like, I, I'm a weirdo. I like racing games. Well, that's, those are fun. Yeah, because there's, I mean, I played uh, Metal Gear Solid and I got bored. I just mm. get bored of... Killing people? Yeah. Yeah, it gets tired. Well, I was a very early adopter with Grand Theft Auto. I had the PC version, which was a point of view. You just run nuns over. and Right. And I, at a certain point, I just got like when I'm an hour and a half into Showgirls, and I'm just thinking, please put your top on. I don't want to see any more boobs. This it's it's like I'm a turning into a it's it's like Grey's Anatomy, you know, like you're in a class and you're just like learning about the body. It just put a fucking shirt on. And at a certain point, I got sick of murdering um, innocent people, so I just got into car. And I'm not a car guy, but I got into like Gran right. Turismo and, and stuff like that. But um, what's that game where you throw paint and it shows you the the world is all white and you throw paint at it and it shows you the the, the topography of your area? I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like for kids, but if you get really stoned, it's fucking fun. <laughs> that, yeah. It's something. It's some game. No, I'm not the hugest gamer. Uh, well, there's a new game coming out called Watch Dogs. Oh, I got to get that. Have you you've seen? No, no. Oh, no. It's a uh, it's like a third person uh, game where you. You're, it's like this expansive world. I think it takes place in Chicago, and you're a hacker, and you sort of... Try. Oh, yes. I have heard of this. Yeah. Uh, and so if you go to digitalshadow.com, you can uh, sort of log in, and they basically... Uh, when you log in, they mine your Facebook account, and they like like reveal all these things about you. Good uh, thing I'm not on Facebook. Are you not on Facebook at all? Uh, I haven't... I haven't deleted my account, but I took a month off like a year ago, and then I went, you know what? This thing just makes me unhappy. And <laughs> Seeing other people post how happy they are makes yeah, me unhappy. Yeah, but it, it's not even that. I, I thought about it because it really it, it's like reading Deadline Hollywood where you're like, ugh, that fucking asshole sold a movie? I know that. That guy's an idiot. You know, right. it's just it's a catalog of what you didn't do today. And... <laughs> It is. Yeah. Look look what I did today. Posting like, from the set. Yeah. Like, oh, look at me on the set of my show. Like, oh, I'm sitting in a fucking dark room in front of a computer praying this sells, you know, or trying to make a baby. And, oh, we had a new baby. Oh, some PA that I worked on a show with eight years ago. Look at my second baby. It's just, it, it, but it's, it's marketing. It's just endless self-marketing <laughs> and brand control people are branding themselves as i'm the fun guy that goes this i want a picture of someone just like morbidly depressed sitting well like maybe we could do one with you here just i'm sitting alone in my apartment with my dogs and i'm sad Uh, that would that to me i would click on that and go why are you sad but um 
this past week, I found out through Lance Mountain, who is still on uh, Facebook, a guy I know. Steve's girlfriend, by the way. My girlfriend. My, my live-in per- partner. Somebody I know, who I haven't talked to in a while, um, got remarried uh, to a woman with a kid. And he also became uh, a super churchy. It's always like quotes from the Bible and whatever. He's 50 and he decided, I need to get into God. Or was always into God, but now he's super into God. Don't mm-hmm. care. But it's a lot of like love and light, learning, learning every day, blah, blah, blah. And he's had these posts like, darkness has been f- befallen my family. Like real cryptic, dark, weird. And she was telling him about it. And I said, that's fucking creepy. Like what? And it, they kept going and going, and you know my family has has suffered so much, and and darkness will not shine upon us. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know what he said because mm. I didn't read it. Then he finally admitted what happened. He married this woman. The woman had a kid. The biological father allegedly molested the five year old, the Oof. girl, and she has been trained to tell state services. No, he didn't. So she can see her daddy because she wants to see daddy. He, he, she's been kept away from daddy. And then for some reason, the kid was now taken out of their home. And I'm, and I'm hearing this and I'm thinking, you're putting this on Facebook? This is, this is a five-year-old who's been allegedly molested. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. But that's her story to tell. That's her private blah, blah, blah. So she's going to grow up and some guy's going to look her up on Facebook. Oh, you, your dad finger banged you. Uh, you're probably fucked up. Like it was the most inappropriate thing to broadcast. And he wasn't even asking for, does anyone know a lawyer? Can someone help me? It was just like, pray for me. And I was, I, it eventually got taken down because I think people flipped That's out and horrifying. said, That's not, you, you, don't, you don't use a very public forum to talk about legal issues with possible molestation of a child. It's just people forget that the fucking mic is on, you know, as I often right. do on this I mean, show. Exactly, exactly. It's, like, it's a different culture. But the most horrifying post I saw was someone I went to high school with when she posted, uh, you know, uh, much love to my grandchildren. And that just freaked me out. You someone your age has grandchildren. Yeah. Well, some of us, you know, make babies. So uh, this watchdog site, they, they mine your uh, Facebook account and they tell you like uh, who, who you're stalking and what, uh, who posts on your page and then your commonly used words that you post on Facebook. Mine, oh, I, I don't like that. Mine are sorry, awesome, shot, screw, and hi. So um, draw from that what you will. Yeah, I have a friend who is uh, getting out of acting kidding he was never in acting he, he's gonna stop pretending i'm right he... here <laughs> i have this friend marty who's getting out of acting well he never really acted yes. no this other guy and he's looking to get into the corporate world and he's a gay guy from west hollywood and he's uh he's had quite a bit of fun during his uh tenure here in los angeles and, and new york and yes and in, in, in other gay cities and he met with a headhunter who says you should you should delete your facebook account and just restart <laughs> It's like start, start afresh. Start afresh. The corporate world, and I, it's something that has never dawned on me because I get work, I meet somebody, I'm usually blowing them in uh, the back of Brian Singer's guest house, and they go, "Hey, you want to work on this thing with me?" And I say, and then we're you know I'm off to the races. Like there's, I don't have a resume, I don't, um, I don't have a uh, an HR person that that combs my social media, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. landscape, right. 
but in the corporate world they do and it just it, it there's like I, I feel like we're about to hit this crash of 22 year olds getting out of college and they're like um that shot of you blow banging five guys that you posted on instagram by the way if you have ever been busted for something that uh, in your workplace for something that you posted on social media tweet in <laughs> and let us know or tweet something really uh racist and and then we'll send it to your employer yeah so, uh, yeah, let us know if uh, that you've ever been busted for something that you've posted online. I, I'm trying to think if I have. I've posted things like drunk and whatever, but never anything. No, I'm good. I, in, yeah. Unless someone actually finds this podcast, they're going to go, oh, so uh, you like to say the N-word every now and then. <laughs> oh, yeah. As I'm sitting in some black guy's office. Ah, it's out of context. No, I listened to the whole two hours. <laughs> I got the context. I, I got the context. You're, uh, you're on your mouth a little bit. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll uh, see myself out. Thank you. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Hey, go. Today's episode brought to you by Christopher Brown of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Are you listening today, Chris? I don't know if you tweeted in yet. Maybe. Does he know he has the same name of that uh, R&B singer who punched Rihanna? Does he know that? Um, has he no. ever heard that? No. Mm-hmm. no. That, that, that news hasn't hit Canada? <laughs> and, and, and it is a pretty rare name. You would think that, you would think that somebody would mention it to him. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, Thank so, you, Chris Brown. Yes. Yeah, we really appreciate all, all that you've given and all that you contribute to the show. Uh, also on the Twitter. And he, I sent him three softballs. Three soft balls? Soft. Soft. Three soft balls. Soft balls. And someday I'll put the actual softball. Can I be a Bill right now? Yeah. They're coming at threes. They're coming at ease. Uh, something. Yeah. Words. I got to talk. If you want it rough, well, tough, here comes Marty's softballs. Mm. Those are the lyrics. Um, you got a lot of hair in your balls? Uh, yeah, I, more than I when I was in my 20s. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably more information than people really want to know. Oh, they, they're dying to know. I if get, you're in your 20s and you've got no hair on your balls, enjoy it while Love it. Lasts. Leave it. It's coming. Yep. Oh, yep. boy. It's just waiting to... Just, it's right there, waiting to burst out. It's my... a hard area to shave. Yeah, tell us why. Because it's shaped. It's it, it. It's a shapeshifter. Sometimes your balls are long and hanging, and sometimes they're tight to the body. You can never know what you're what you're shaving. Your 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 cheeks are always the same shape. Oh, Chris Brown tweeted, and he wants his money back. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um. Oh, and Lou said that I was very careful about what I posted when I was applying for uh, her residency visa. Mm. That's for sure. That's fair enough. So you kept your terrorist rants to a minimum. Put them on MySpace. No one knows yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck, yeah, where the yeah, fuck that fine. is. You can. You have the, the death to America. Yeah, you have uh, the knowledge yeah. that you vented it out. Yeah, you, it was you on, spoke your piece and you, you know, sang from the heart, but nobody read it because is MySpace still around? Sure, sure. I'm sure. Like, you know, Myanmar is a huge MySpace MySpace user. <laughs> uh, so the first one was uh, what was the best Halloween costume that you wore? And he says, when I was six or seven, my mom sewed me a Ninja Turtle costume. I was Raphael mostly for Halloween. I would just go as a hockey player, other lazy things. Um, that's lovely. A uh, Canadian going as a hockey player? Yeah. Wow. Well, see, that's... A, that's I know. Yeah. That's like, a sexy hockey player? Yeah. That's the, the girls go as. Luke Robitaille. Mm-hmm. Um, Is he Canadian? Sure. Luke. Luke. Have you 
ever had a good costume? I'm trying to think. I mean, not not of late because I just you, you just get older and you give up. But it's usually when your mom is involved because moms help you are awesome. They're awesome at that age because they're like, oh, I get to I get to recreate something else other than my child for this night. I do remember getting a bunch of boxes from a supermarket and wrapping them in aluminum foil, and I was a robot, and uh, it was pretty fucking awesome. My friend uh, John and mom friend of the show, um, he has a, a very convenient thing where he just takes uh, a coat hanger and makes little wings and then puts saran wrap and then just puts them on like uh, his back, and that's his costume. And, and what is it? He's an angel. Okay. Yeah. I uh I did a commercial once for the Cartoon Network where it was like on the Star Trek sort of set. And at the end of the show, uh or at the end of the shoot, I asked if I could keep my costume because they had us all fitted out for for these costumes, these very form-fitting costumes. And they said, "Uh, sure, I guess so." And so I kept it and I, whenever I have a costume party to go to, I just squeeze into it barely and oh boy. Yeah. I do remember once uh, borrowing the wig from my employer, who was a British actor. I'm trying not to drop his name. No, you do it every time. I know. You, you, but like, I, I did. I, when I worked for Gary Oldman, and my father is an, an economist. Yes. Yeah. Is, do I say that often? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's good. But he had the wig from True Romance, the dread wig. Oh, nice. And it was just sitting in my office, and he had actually paid to have it made because he, you know. He was that dedicated? Eh, he's, he's a, he, you know. I don't know. He just I, it cost me two thousand dollars, and I put it on and wore it out, and was telling people like, "This is the wig from True Romance," and people were trying to remove it from my head. It was a bad idea, and then he found out and he was not very pleased with me. Like that's not yours to take. I thought, oh yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's in my office. <laughs> I know it's being stored there, but it doesn't mean it's yours. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Uh, did it fit well? Uh, no, he has a tiny head. I have a gigantic <laughs> head. Jeff Takeover says, uh, I'm a mildly popular vlogger, and my employer found it, and I got put on probation for three months and had to beg to keep the job. Well, what were you vlogging about? Like, Were you vlogging naked? He doesn't want naked? his girlfriend photographed with Magic Johnson. Right. Uh, so the second uh, question for Chris, who's listening live, goes by Christopher on the web uh, because he doesn't want to be. Can we refund up. his money? Can we? Can you do that? Is that? Can you cut we, him a check from Indiegogo? Uh no, it's no, absolutely not. Have we been getting those? Beginning like, uh, dear yeah. dear sirs, at the the Tuesday's morning show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a, <laughs> with much regret, regret, I must request my must dutifully request a refund. Yeah, once we get everybody, see, we need to do the photos because we need everybody in one location, and that has not happened. And then we need to do uh, the t-shirts, and we're working on that. And um, fifth, fifth quarter, two thousand fifteen. Expected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fifth quarter. Um, <laughs> I asked Chris Brown what his favorite menu item was at his restaurant. Ah. And he says, "Well, my restaurant is probably the best example of the. Are you tired of? It's a corporate truck stop." F- um, Focusing on bland and covered in gravy. Uh, I like covered in gravy. Also, like Emily, I have the bland Irish-British palate where something like parsley is considered a spice and I'm a notoriously picky eater. So I'd have to say I, uh, what I'd choose to eat would be uh, dry ribs and tossed salad or waffles with bacon. That's good. Yeah. But see, I, you're Canadian. You're supposed to want smoked meat and... and po- poutine. Poutine. Well, he's not that Canadian. 
right? Is, in the is Co- this, Quebec? It's, uh, it's poutine? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's very big here in Los Angeles. It's having like a renaissance. Like everywhere I go, I see poutine. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's. I had it in Montreal as a kid. It is amazing yeah, when right. you're drunk and uh, we, trying to not be so here. drunk. You weren't here when I made it for you. You were I, here I wasn't here. You. you made it for me and I didn't show up. Yeah. How dickish of me. Uh, yeah, I, I ordered uh, cheese curds from Wisconsin oh. and uh, made some gravy and fries. It's but... fries with gravy and cheese curds. Yeah. It is the ultimate drunk food. Here's why I don't like um, poutine is that I like crispy fries and it makes fries soggy. I don't know why you can't just have the, the gravy on the side. Well, there you go. There's your there's your million dollar idea. Yeah, it's like a little snackable. So you microwave it, and the fries are crispy. You can dip it in the. Uh, it's the McDLT. The fries stay crispy. The gravy stays disgusting. <laughs> you just dip them in, and then you throw a cheese curd in your mouth. All right, I'm going on Shark Tank. This is going. That's this is fucking genius. Because you are, you are right. It is when you eat it. You're not eating French fries. You're eating strips of mashed potatoes. Right. Right. That and that have just completely soggy. But it, 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 it just reminds me of Montreal about 4 a.m. And I've had 300 Labatt's Blues. And I'm like, I, I need to eat. And you just left the strip club feeling horrible about yourself. Yes. I saw a Canadian vagina. Montreal. They're just like ours. They're just like us. <laughs> Except more available. Except it has socialized medicine. I, it's well kept. I did go to a strip club in at 2 o'clock in Montreal. And club Super Sex on St. Catherine? It was on St. Catherine, but it was just the saddest place. And we were there literally like 15 minutes, just, and we just felt horrible and left. A strip club, like a lot of things, is about timing. And it's when you go and how long you go. And how much cocaine you have. And how much cocaine you're how on. Many, how many loonies and, you have. And... It's. I always describe. There's a wonderful place out here called Jumbo's Clown Room. It's not even really a strip club. It's a. It's a burlesque, burlesque club. club. Courtney Love used to strip there. Yeah. It's got weirdos, girls with uh, who may, may be pregnant at the moment, girls with C-section scars and uh, uh, track marks. Track and marks. Hepatitis. The last time I was there, I saw Lemmy from. You um, always see Lemmy. Yeah. You always see Bill Maher, and it is fantastic for thirty minutes. And at the thirty-first <laughs> minute. It's like the final scene of uh, Platoon. You're just crying like Charlie Sheen. Like, give <laughs> on, me on, the, on your knees. <laughs> just give me out of here. I got to get the fuck out of here. So st- a, a, a quote I stole from uh, Joe Strummer, who described the uh, seeing um, the Ramones. It said, "Oh, they were terrific. They were amazing. It was thirty minutes of brilliant. If it if it had been a minute more, it would have been intolerable." And I was like, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, I saw the Ramones. It was ex- like exactly thirty minutes. And at the thirty-first minute, it was." But a strip club has about a, a, a shelf life of about 45, maybe 50 minutes. And once you get over an hour to strip club, you're like, I've just spent $350. I've heard, um, you know, Cherry Pie by Warrant six times. Right. And I listened to this girl talk about, like, um, her, her child that she had. Uh, yes. Yeah. Her boyfriend's band. Right, right. Um, but going at 2 in the morning is a sad time. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a bad, bad thing. But I love Montreal. Montreal is a fantastic city. I once went with a, 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 a head writer of a show. It was his birthday, and we were over on the west side. And it's a place called Plan B, which already sounds like... Oh, my God. This is L- L.A. we're talking about. Yeah, in L.A. LA. And it was his, he was some old scumbag, and he's like, I want to go there for my, bir- uh, for my birthday. So we went and had um, lunch at a strip club. Now, the kind of people that are at a strip club at 1 o'clock on a fucking Tuesday, uh, Mexican day laborers... Um and just the saddest, saddest women, and then like lasagna. And I'm just like, ah, I'm drinking a ten dollar bottle of water and eating lasagna, and I'm looking at naked women. It just, I'm like, we got to go back to the office. Like, what? Wh- 
So it's timing. It, it, yeah. It's so. you know you get get there about nine o'clock and you have some other place to go and you're like we'll stay here for half an hour but two a.m. That's. Do you think that there's an age where it's just not no longer interesting at all? What going to a strip club? Oh, uh, it like twenty six yeah. and then you're just sad. Yeah, yeah. But but Jumbo's isn't really a strip club. It's it's a huge lesbian population there. It's very it's female owned. It's like it's a burlesque club. They dance to uh, Tom Waits and right, right, you know, right. and yeah, yeah. The, and, the music is interesting. And, yeah, but yeah. like an actual strip club, strip club. No, after like your bachelor party should be the like. Well, I'll never be back in one of these again. It's just to embarrass the groom, basically, and just like. Yeah. I went years ago to one uh, a friend of mine from L.A. called the Seventh Veil, vale, and he grew up in L.A. And said, I used to come in here in Motley in the eighties, and Motley Crue would be here, and they'd be throwing hundred dollar bills at the stage, and it was it was you know, it was Rome, it was a bacchanal, and I went awesome, let's go, and I went in there, and it was five Persian businessmen who looked like they were a, just a moment away from raping this girl, like the the stares in their eyes were just evil, <laughs> and I was just talking to the dude, and this was the seventh veil is full nude, which is another issue I have, I think. You don't need to see where where ladies go to the bathroom and poop. Like at a certain point, you're like, yeah, that's where you poop, and that's where you pee, and that's where babies come out. <laughs> it's just and yeah. nothing. So it's yeah. full nude, and I'm so I'm talking. I'm my my back is to the stage, and I'm talking to this friend of mine about some idea or something, and I feel this n- giant nail tap me on the shoulder, and it's her crawling on her. Four, all fours going pay attention the show's over here and i'm like i'm done i'm out of here <laughs> go get raped by those persian businessmen i don't fucking care Ugh. well whatever you need to do to make a, a buck i don't yeah i'm not gonna judge uh the Quebec, oh i'm gonna judge uh, chris brown says that the quebecers stole poutine from the italians the fries were originally pasta i, I don't know if that's like uh, i feel that's true but i also feel like it's made up yeah carbohydrates with sauce have always been a thing um it's, um, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the What dogs. other, but I can't think of another uh, a Canadian bacon and was like another Canadian staple food. Like, oh, that's Canadian. Smoked meat. You got um, the bacon. Montreal uh, bagels, which are fantastic. But a bagel is. No, Montreal bagels are, okay. are, are they're very high in uh, malt flours and they're smaller. Got a great crust okay. to them. Okay. I stand corrected. Yeah. The corrector. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Last um, but wait, what was the question? The softball. What his favorite menu item was? Oh, and oh, so you you can't answer that because you don't know his menu, right? I I like dry ribs and tossed salad. Yeah, I like my salad tossed. <laughs> Not every day, a special occasion. Special occasions. Yeah, uh, Father's Day, birthdays, and yeah. speaking of tossing salads, Ooh. apropos, may I interrupt the uh, softballs? Oh, sure. No. Um, I think we, that's the purpose of softball. Because uh, I'm looking at your dog, and it's reminding me of my dog, which was at one point your dog. Mm-hmm. This this dog has traveled the eastern part of Los Angeles mm-hmm. from various home to home. She's a, a full-bred pit bull, and she has two switches, dead asleep and uh, kamikaze pilot. Yes. And I'm trying to wear – I've worn her out so much that she's broken a toe chasing a ball. Like, she will just – Right. You throw a ball 100 miles an hour, she will reach 100 miles an hour to catch it. Mm-hmm. And I threw I was at a, at a park, and I threw a, a stick down a hill. And she, you know, very woody part of Griffith Park. And she yelped. 
I don't know. I, she doesn't ever bark or yelp. She, she came back up the hill. I just ignored it because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, try, I'm openly trying to kill her. I'm trying to give her a heart attack so she dies because mm-hmm. she's so intense. And then about 10 minutes later, I realize there's just blood pouring out of her vagina. Just down her leg. And I'm like, holy shit, did she get her period? She's five years old, at least, or six, and fixed. So I'm like, is, the, is, she, is she the chosen one? Like, what, what the fuck happened? She cut her vagina. She's, I guess, I don't, does a dog have a clit? Sure. Wherever that clit would be was just lopped off and just blood pooling down her legs. And to make matters worse, she must have jumped on a bunch of sticks and rocks, and that's what cut her. Her vagina was filled with rocks. It's just so bizarre. I it's just and I, we were gonna go out to a place and have a beer and and sit out with a dog. And I'm like, I don't think we can bring a bloody rock filled di- vagina, vagina dog. Dog vagina. Some somebody will mace us or pepper spray right, us. Right, right. We'll get yelled. Someone will take our picture and tweet it. Like, look at these assholes. But I I don't I didn't know what to, you know. And then she just kept chasing sticks. She's like, I'm like your vagina is just an open wound. Doesn't fucking care. Literally a gash. Literally. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Marty uh, with a huge apology. The the recorder got full up and I forgot to delete the previous episode. So we missed around a half an hour chunk of show where uh, you missed, I think, maybe top of the hour and uh, missed Steve ranting about writing for television and um, how uh, it's a pain in the ass working for network shows because they are more concerned about... uh, uh, their corporate branding than they are about telling good stories. So, uh, but there are still good shows out there on places like HBO where they don't worry about stuff like that. Um, and also, you missed the first part of the um, of the mail sack. And I just wanted to go through the stuff that I missed. Um, and the first one is from Paul, who says, uh, "Good morning, Smurfs. I hope everything is going well." Uh, I'm going to take over Darren's job as the corrector for a minute. You were talking about The Raid Redemption, which is an amazing movie. However, you mentioned that they cut frames out of Bruce Lee's films to make him faster. That's not correct. And I double-checked this. It is. I was completely in the wrong. Uh, he actually had to slow down for the cameras. They could. Um, the, uh, it could have been the, the TV cameras at the time. It was discussed in the documentary uh, Bruce Lee. I want to say it was Bruce Lee, A Warrior's Journey, but I could be wrong. And then here are, uh, this is from, yeah, from Paul. And he said, uh, um, here are his hashtags for the, the T-shirt. Uh, Fuck Cleveland, Listless Masturbation, Pink Ascot, and Joke Over. Never gets old. And he asked the question, what is the oddest toy your dogs um, have played with or you've seen another, another dog play with? Personally, I would have to say it's my friend's Rottweiler playing with his bowling ball. For some reason, he loves the thing and goes crazy playing with it. Um, yeah, my dogs, they just chew every dog toy I give them. They destroy it. And so I, I need to find something that, that would can really stand up to a lot of chewing because they sure love chewing. Uh, but they don't do anything weird except for bringing giant sticks in the house, like giant, giant sticks. Um Okay, next one is from uh, Keegan, who said, uh, Hey, Murps, loving the show as always. Just checking out on a fiasco update. And uh, 
fiasco, for those of you who don't know, is an RPG. I don't know where my fiasco book is. It's somewhere in the house. I'm going to find it. Um, and I'm going to be going out of town in June for um, – I'll miss a show or two. And what we'll do instead is we'll try to record a fiasco game um, and broadcast it in its place. So uh, keep listening and we'll get on that as soon as I find that fucking book. Uh, and then he asks the question, if you could be a fictional character, one without uh, powers, what would you be and why? As you might have guessed from my handle, I'd be Archie Goodwin because he's the wittiest character I've ever read. Um, his emails is, includes Archie Goodwin in it. Uh, Keegan, I, I don't know. I, I, I love a lot of great fictional characters, um, but I don't know if there's anyone that I, I want to be. Um, I think uh, Kruger said James Bond because you get to have lots of sex and kill people and uh, drink some cocktails. Who, who doesn't want to do that and play with cool toys? And lastly, you missed the first half of Leo's email. Um, Leo from Finland, he said, seen any good animated series lately? Uh, I mentioned Rick and Morty, uh, which I have not seen, but somebody said that uh, multiple people have said it's their favorite show on TV. Uh, so I want to catch up on that. But I've been catching up on Archer, and uh, I'm still a couple seasons behind. But Kruger said that this past season where they uh, they changed the the show a bit to be like a Miami Vice send-up, he said that that was very good. And in a nutshell, that's what you missed. So now we will go on with the show. <laughs> I forgot. I ran out of space on the machine, so we were missing like 38 minutes of the show. <laughs> okay. So if you we, listen live, you got something awesome and special. Should we start over? Mm, no. Do you remember what we this, said? No, I don't remember. Uh, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm so glad Bill asshole. isn't here because he would just go bananas. Oh, my God. I'm going bananas. That's so lame. I'm so sorry, everybody who is potting this, but... Those who are listening live, you got some special magic that will never be captured again. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, God. I'm such a fucking asshole. You know, no, don't beat yourself up. Let Bill beat you up. All right. All right. Well. Bill would never have done this, though. I know. He's on top of things. Like, I'll be there, uh, and I might have to cut out early, and then he just never shows. <sighs> Highly unprofessional. Yeah. You're a professional. You just don't know what the fuck you're doing. I just need a bigger card for my thingy. Well, don't you have some Indiegogo money? I Can't know, you buy I a know. bigger I'll, card? I'll, I'll do that. Have you spent it all on doggy treats and... Uh, and butt plugs. Butt plugs? <laughs> Both. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, Leo's second question is, uh, I've heard that you're an Eagle Rock. Wait, wait. So, are we recording now? Yeah, yeah. Now we're back recording. Oh, you stopped for a while. Right. We lost from the top of the hour to now. Oh, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. This was kind of... It was... We're, it we're, was a, we're sliding no, down. No, actually, we... Okay, so what we, you did miss was a... a well... Is some super fan out there recording all these? Then maybe he can then... Yeah. No. That's, no, that's why... That. Remember you used to record radio? Oh, I used to put a tape... Yeah. yeah tape recorder right in front so, of the radio. But you don't need to do that because everything's potted now. Except for when people don't have enough room on their fucking task cam. I'm a dick. <laughs> you uh, know what? That one was for the for the faithful. Uh, yes. For those who listen live, yeah, yeah, they got yeah. something. It's your that special you, treat. No one else will ever hear. Oh. Nor should they. Uh, yeah, you missed a very long rant about TV writing. That's oh, who fucking about. cares? Yeah. TV writing. Yeah. Ugh. Boring. Boring. 
Uh, second question from Leo. And by the way, this potting don't know what the first question was, and they never will. You never will. Oh, sorry, you guys. You missed out. Uh, the second question is, I heard that you're in Eagle Rock. Does that restaurant called Capri, which was featured in Kitchen Nightmares a few seasons back, still exist, or did it go into bankruptcy? Uh, and let's see. what. Uh, so the Capri is like uh, two miles from here. Um, a guy I know went in there, and he said that he found a cockroach under one of the, his pizzas, and it's run by these two fat twins who uh, seem very nice. Um, and I was actually... I was um, running with my dogs, and then these guys were shooting all the. Have you ever seen Kitchen Nightmares? Or they'll, they'll shoot like a panorama of the city, and we're in, you know, uh, Chef Ramsay went to Eagle Rock, California to find yes. out. And then B-, B roll. B roll. So they were shooting B roll up there, and they, the guy said, Hey, I have any good places to eat? And I suggested this place, and he goes, Oh, well, that's right next to where we're filming, and it would be bad if we, <laughs> we ate there instead of at the restaurant that we're uh, filming at. So. Uh, it is still in existence, and they have in front um, the you know the Capri as featured on Kitchen Nightmares is fr- up front prominent. On what the is go. Kitchen Nightmares again? Gordon Ramsay goes to restaurants that suck, and he basically berates their menu, and and berates the chefs, and humiliates them on TV, and then comes up with a mab- you know a fabulous new menu and. and and redoes the the look of the place. Puts a coat of paint on it. Puts some new chairs in, and uh, and then they relaunch. Um, it's, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun show. Uh, if you like seeing people humiliate themselves. Oh, and, I like that. And if you like to see how disgusting people like restaurants are, like it's amazing. Well, story. why would a restaurant go on it if they were going to be humiliated and exposed for? Yeah, their, their shortcomings. That's a good question. But oh, for okay. for the Capri, like these are restaurants that are desperate. Okay, they're they're you know several thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and they're just trying to look for any sort of turnaround. And no publicity is bad publicity, right? And when people, or there's no such thing. Well, people then <laughs> that, see that like, that actually made no sense. They see the turnaround, and then they get excited. Gotcha, about it. gotcha. And then they post on Yelp vicious things about it, and there's this. Right now. Is that the same one with the woman Amy's and her baking, husband, Amy's baking, baking and they went bananas? Yes. Yeah. And they, they okay. went back there. Yeah. And it sounds awful. Uh, yeah. So, yes, that place is still in existence. Um, and how is it different than Bar Rescue? I don't know. Oh. I think it's, probably, the, it's the same yeah. thing, but at a bar. Uh, and yes. And you get to see Gordon Ramsay yell at, and that's what people tune into. But the British Kitchen Nightmares is much better i mean it's much more subdued and he's actually comes across as a very helpful nice guy right the american version is yelling and crying right yeah. lots of yelling lots of crying. wonderful yeah um let's see so yeah darren says we can scroll back through the tumblr and uh oh we could scroll back through the tumblr and do a, a, a redo maybe i'll do that um <laughs> <laughs> darren to the rescue yeah thank you darren i i will i will do that uh oh god it's all right. Don't worry about it. Yep. You know what? Tyson the says, show must go on. Tyson wants to be... He, the fictional character he would want to be is Arthur Dent. Um, explores the universe, learn to fly, and how uh, to fuck whilst flying. There you go. Who's Arthur Dent again? I don't know. I thought that was Adam. Isn't Adam Arthur Dent? Or, uh, I don't know. All right. Keep talking. I'm going to look. Why do you want to be a fictional character? Be a, be a real person. <laughs> Live in the real world. Oh, wait. No, you listen to podcasts. You don't live in the real world. Uh, yeah. Arthur Dent is um, from Hitchhiker's Guide. I was going to say that. 
I love the Hitchhiker's Guide, but I can't. I read it when I was twelve. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a great show, and the movie was fine too. It's okay. I like Martin Freeman. Who, I, who doesn't like Martin Freeman? I know he's doing. He's what's the new show? He's Fargo. And it, how was that? I haven't seen no. it. Um, I haven't seen any television. Let us know if you th- what, if you watch Fargo, and let us know if it's any good. After every Game of Thrones on a Sunday, it takes me four days to figure out what just happened and the implications. I have to look at maps. It's so dense. So that's how I feel about Orphan Black. Like, yeah, I'm just getting into that. It's really it's a fun show. It's but great. I have no idea who the fuck is what. You're watching the first season. I've, I'm, I'm watching the second season right now. You've not watched the first I, well, season. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I just don't pay attention that much. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's on me. Uh, let's see. Um, Paul Westhead writes in and says, I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Why? Thank you, Paul Westhead. I don't know. I mean, has I'm, anyone I'm going ever, through the mail sack. Has anyone is, ever gotten a job through LinkedIn? Has it ever? Well, we wouldn't know. We're not in that world. I'm sure that helps. Okay. I just, I'm curious. Does it like, does it work? Does it do anything? Um, let us know. Okay. All I know is I get there. I have like 10,000. Every day. Yeah. Every day. And I actually, I, I clicked the wrong button and I invited everyone from my uh, uh, contacts. Mm-hmm. So I have like 900 connections, but I don't know what anybody does and I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. I don't get it. But I see everyone in the corporate world is just all over it. Yeah, is it like a headhunter site? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's sort of yeah, it's sort of it's a, it's networking social... slash head headhunting. Yeah, all right. Um, let's see. Last email is from Ash Williams, who writes in. Um, is that his Christian name, Ash? I don't think it is. Okay, that's a good um, nickname. Salutation, Murps. Ash Williams here. After watching for the tenth time the Sex Pistols, the Filth, and the Fury documentary, I'm wondering what everyone's favorite documentary is. Have you seen the Filth and the Fury? Oh yeah. Um, what, what, what was it? Just shoot me. Is that the Nancy Spungen? Um, written by her mother. Don't know it. Right, or or Sid Vicious's mother. Uh, keep talking. Okay. Tell us about the Filth and the Fury. It's about a band called the Sex Pistols. Never heard of them. Oh. It's about Malcolm McLaren and the Sex Pistols and gives you some really good historical context as to why punk rock happened because I wasn't really conscious during that. I was alive, but I didn't quite understand what was going on in England um, in 76, 77, whenever they kind of erupted. Um, but all, all the, the political dis- duress that was going on that, that forged punk rock and then this wonderful gentleman named Malcolm McLaren who decided to capitalize on it and brand it before anyone knew what it was. Right. He was a, a, uh, he was a, a visionary. A huckster. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, he was great, great at packaging things. Yes. He packaged Adam and the Ants and um, Bow Wow Wow. A precursor to that, that guy that packaged all of those. Well, actually, every industry has had a, a man like him. Right. The guy that, that made Elvis, the guy that... Uh, Great marketers. Marketers. The, the guy in Orlando who just took kids and said, you're in sync. And right. you're the fat one, you're the funny one, you're the cute one. Star, is that his name? Uh, he got arrested for molesting oh, children or something. Awful um, like and that. I Don't Want to Live This Life is the story of Nancy Sponge and written by her mother. It's a, it's a horrible... I mean, it's, a, it's a, just a insane. She sounded like a horrible person. <laughs> she seemed a little toxic. Yep. Yeah. And you know Nancy Spungen's sister worked for, uh, is a, is a, a chef and was like Martha Stewart's chef. 
I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good that's a good documentary. I remember seeing that, and oh, there's a lot of uh, Richard the Third in it. The um, the famous one from the fifties with uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Oh, it's oh. just inter intercut into the film the huh. uh, uh, monologues from from Dick Three. Uh, so, what is your favorite documentary then? Um, how's your news? But it's not a straight doc. It's pretty amazing, though. You want to explain it? What it is? It is a group of mentally challenged adults who all go to camp in New Hampshire or something like that, and they decide to. And there, there are varying levels of uh, uh, debilitation. That's not the right word, no. but um, some can speak very fluently, and others gibberish and others are in a chair and can barely move and they go out across America in and a van camper. and they just interview people and how's your news is how they start the conversation they'll just walk up to a stranger and go how's your news and um, the first five minutes I think I saw it really stoned the first time and they're just rolling down a hill you know just like they take the guy in the wheelchair who has no control over his body he constantly shakes and he's they're just like he likes to roll down hills and I got sick to my stomach and i was like oh they're gonna make fun of retarded people right right right. oh i shouldn't be watching this and 90 minutes later i stood up and i said i need to find mentally challenged people right now they are awesome they are so happy they are they say the most amazing things they have no filters they're not miserable podcasters who you know complain about um what is bill complaining about today Mm. whatever oh yeah he wasn't here um, and also how they interact with people and how they, they basically do just street interviews and they're genius. And, um, years later, MTV made a series with them, but then they had to get like a young hip mentally challenged guy. And I was like, just cause they're all like in their forties or fifties. Right. They had to find like, you know, a, a, a tween one, which was stupid, but, um, it's, it will really make you, um, Love them, lo- appreciate them. Oh, there's also another uh, documentary called um, Shit. What's it called? It's about a group of elderly people that sing in a choir and they sing kind of punk rock songs. They right, sing like right, The right. Clash and it's, uh, uh, yeah, Young yeah. and Heart. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of amazing. Um, but I like those kind of documentaries that don't, I, like, I don't want to see an inconvenient truth. I don't want to see a lot of data. I don't want to see. Uh, Michael Moore, you know, doing a farce about how the middle class is being destroyed. That that I get that every week from you. <laughs> I want to see a group of people who I don't I didn't even know existed. I mean, I know retarded people exist, mentally challenged. I don't call them retarded. Um and I, I they're happy docs. They're like at the end of it you feel um heightened and, and enthused and I just said I want I want to hang out with retarded people, mentally challenged people. I just that they're amazing. Right. And uh, these old people who sing, uh, you know, The Clash and uh, Coldplay, uh, just, I was like, oh, when I'm old, I want to be these people. Right, right, right. I want to I wanna not sit and, and watch um, NCIS so, and complain about Obama. So, like, th- what you're saying is that these are sort of vibrant movies about yes. living. And, yes. Yeah. And There's th- enough depressing facts every day coming at you. I don't, you, you, you know... I'm just, uh, what was I just reading? It's not a documentary, but it, it was, uh, I was reading Flash Boys, this book about high-frequency trading. Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis. And about halfway through it, I went, oh, my God, this is horrible. Right. We're fucked. Right. Everyone is fucked, and no one is ever going to do anything about it. And I put it down, and I went, 
Well, now I'm just depressed. Now I'm just, I'm almost Marty You depressed. Oh, no. I'm not Bill Bill Twatterson depressed, but That's, I want to be like Emily. It's she's Tweeterson, just, sir. She's, she's happy and excited and comic books. No, she's depressed. Uh, that's why the show succeeds so well <laughs> because we just are sad, four sad people. Um, and what about you, Marty? I like, well, I like uh, my sister's documentary. She just had one um, uh, called Misconception that was at uh, Come on. Tribeca Come on. La- last Come on. week. My sister's documentary. Of course, you like your sister's In the Realms document. of Then Real, I think is a wonderful documentary. Did you see that one? Which one is that? About water? No, no, no. It's about, um, uh, what's his name? The guy, uh, Henry Darger. The, no. Oh. Everyone should see that documentary. It's really great. Uh, okay, so this was, this was not a real letter. This was just so you could plug your sister's docs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a, he's a... Poor shame. Of, he's a uh, sort of a found artist, or is that what they called? Found art? No, not found I don't art. Know. But he's outsider art. Um, he was this uh, janitor who, when he died, they found like thousands of paintings in his, in his apartment. Cool. Yeah, and it's it's a it's and it's a it's a film about a guy who didn't fit in, so he created his own world that where things just worked for him. Ah, so, now now I see the connection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did he have a lot of dogs and like to cook? Uh, he had. They found uh, hundreds of pairs of shoes and eyeglasses in his apartment as well. Um, uh, the other documentary I, I really liked that just blew me away was Sick. A story of Bob Flanagan, who was a, a masochist. He was like mm. a, he would do these stage performances of him cutting himself, and um, and he nailed his penis into a board, and uh, and so you know it sounds very sensationalistic, but when you find out who he is, it's it goes into the same thing that we were just talking about, like somebody who who's looking to to have. Uh, to take control of his life. And, and so he had cystic fibrosis, which uh. is an incredibly painful disease and, uh, and where he was in constant pain. And so becoming a masochist and this, you, you see how this works. It, it, it became, it gave him control over his pain. And so you see him, uh, living just a very full life. And, and then in one shot he's nailing his penis into a board and the next shot he's singing campfire songs at a cystic fibrosis camp and it's and and he did stuff with make a wish and stuff like that like he's this incredible guy and it's it's a very hard documentary to watch i would imagine it's hard to hear about yeah but i'm i'm uh i'm anti-crowning right now it is i'm turtling real bad (laughs) like my dick is so inside my body it is a, a, a stunning, stunning uh, documentary. But, okay. Uh, Tyson said, very high on my list of doc faves in the realms of the unreal. Wow. Uh, Look at your you. sister thank moving you, some Tyson. units. She, yeah. got, she got the U bump. Yes. <laughs> the, the, fucking, the Smodco. The Smodco Tuesday morning smump. No? Um, no. Too much? Yeah. Too little? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Daniel and Daniel. What uh, about you, Bill? Oh, right. Bill just didn't show up. Tyson mentioned the devil and Daniel Johnston and Scratch. And, um, Scratch? Scratch? Yeah, I don't know what Scratch is, but uh, Lou mentioned Man on Wire as a great Oh, I'm so mad. Why? Because you didn't... I'm mad about that. I tried to, with a movie producer, buy the rights to that documentary. I saw it way before it came out, and I said, this is going to be... This is going to win an Oscar. Like, this is... And um, I was outbid by Robert Zemeckis and his company. And I was like, this is what goes on all the time. Every time... 
someone of any name publishes a book, the galleys go out. I used to do this when I worked for a British actor. You, you read the book over the weekend, and people preemptively buy the, the movie rights, even yes. before it's published. Not for tre- tremendous amounts of money, but you, they, they want to have control of it before it even becomes popular, and then you control it. And I saw like an early cut of that movie, and I loved it. Uh, what is it called? Man in the Clouds? Man on Wire. Man on Wire. Because oh, they're... So Robert Zemeckis is this fucking guy who made Back to the Future and Beowulf. Beowulf. And... Forrest Gump. Yeah. Big time. Like a Spielberg light. And, and what's he going to do with this little movie about a French guy that connects a wire between the two twin towers in 74 and walks across? You know... Um, and they're making it into a big movie now. Like it's like uh, I read today, some big star is going to be in it. It's going to be 3D. Like I, I assumed he would just buy the rights and then just bury it, which right. happens to – there's tons of books that the, the rights are, are bought. Right, Com- right, right. Every Walking Dead happens. Every comic book that gets published, someone has bought the rights. Someone controls them. Someone is actively – trying to get it going. Not we're not going to have 500,000 uh shows about uh, uh comic books. Right. Except for iZombie. Right. Um so and, so I was mad cuz I I said Robert Zemeckis is he's going to make Back to the Future 4. He's not going to make this movie. It's just going to sit there and he's going to dick around and I was completely wrong. <laughs> They're going to make a huge 3D movie out of it. So And he's directing and and Jago Lev is starring as the uh, Yeah. As the, the main it, guy. It, that's a great documentary. I forgot about that one because I'm it, it pains me. Yeah, um, Scratch is a, a doc from 2001 that is about turntablism. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like DJ Shadow and Magic Mike and all that shit. Okay, Mark Seven, Afra. Uh, it's all the stuff Bill would not understand. There's a, a really fun documentary. I don't know if it's out because. Uh, it, if you can get a hold of it, you should see it. It's called Tribute. It was made in two thousand one, and it's about tribute bands, and like, ah. and it's pretty, it's pretty hilarious. Um, I take offense too because um, Arcade Fire, Arcade Fire played uh, Coachella last weekend. Was yes. it just last weekend. Uh, okay. And they were digging it. Um, well, I'm glad a few uh, bands who actually play their instruments are still on Coachella, which then got into a Twitter war with Dead Mouse. And uh, I, I know I, I would love if, if Bill had shown up because I, I would we, we could open up the discussion. But I, I think guys that press buttons are still playing an instrument. Sure. Well, but see, we uh, Steve and I went to a, a show once. Uh, who, did, who did we see? Um, Fortet. Fortet. Yes. And the guy who opened for Fortet, it literally looked like he just was pressing a, a, his space bar on his laptop. Yes. And but that's music now. That's what's happened. Yeah, you know, but like, what's live about it, though? You're there, and he's there. You're yeah. both in the same room. And then, but then when Fortet came on, it was amazing. Yes. It was, it was fantastic, and I, I'd never experienced anything like it before. And he was working, doing stuff with sound that it was just, uh, yeah, you, it, you it, couldn't experience. The, the computer is an instrument. I know it's not a bass, and right. it's plugged into it. Right. An amp and uh, tune to certain yeah. frequencies, but it, it is an instrument. And when you and see people doing stuff, amazing stuff with sampling, that requires 
skill and rhythm. Yes. And I also realized I saw Kraftwerk a month ago, and it took four guys to make the sounds that I could pretty much make with my iPhone. I know I have an <laughs> app that I could just I, I could I could pretty much recreate Autobahn note for note on my fucking phone. Right. But that's technology has changed. But I, I just them giving Dead Mouse shit, and I like both bands. I don't or Dead Mouse and Arcade Fire, but don't come on. Are, are are we that are we that shallow? Yes, we are. And you know how much it costs to move all those Canadians around and all those tubas and weird accordion things they play. Dead Mouse shows up, he just plugs right in. He's got a he's got a MacBook Pro and he's yeah, and you don't have to have a a friend with a van to move your kick drum in. That was the biggest revelation for me uh about Hong Kong because a year ago I was in Shanghai and I saw um Godspeed you Black Emperor. That was her first time in China. I wanted to go see Chinese people seeing this insane British, Scottish, Canadian, Canadian. That's close. Band, um, and it was great. It was, Shanghai is gigantic, and they had a big venue for them. And Hong Kong has no live music at all. I kept looking for it, and I couldn't find it. Like, oh, really? So, did you get to see Godspeed, you Black Emperor? That was in Shanghai, but then I was just recently in Hong Kong, and I mean, I looked at all. You know, it's a there's a timeout. There's a local whatever online listing of music. No bands at all. And I thought, do they hate music no, here? No, they're, they're playing somewhere. They, they, they're punk bands happening all, all over the place. I, I know, but just like in the, I was in the center of like a Kowloon or way, way, right. way out. And I realized, well, I, I looked it up and it's, they have no space. Right. And so they have, they have a, D, a huge DJ culture. Oh, right, right, right. Because it's one dude right. with a laptop and a you know a PA, and you're ready to go. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then it, it it's DJ culture is for a younger audience, and it it it's I, I went out into that world, and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. But there's there's no neighborhood bars with a shitty bar band playing. It's it's very into electronic music, but just just because of the lack of space, which right. was fascinating. Um, if you ever do get a chance to see Godspeed You Black Emperor, they are very good. Uh, very good band, Canadian, uh, huh? Yeah, Quebec, uh, oh. Montreal. Oh, so they um, like poutine. <laughs> of, of course, of they, course. they invented. They it. invented poutine. But uh, uh, yeah, they um, they were used in Twenty Eight Days Later. That the, their song. That's the yeah the the haunting love theme from Twenty Eight Days. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty Eight weeks later, days um, later. So we're going to oh, American movie is also a great one. Tyson mentioned. Um, that ding dong making a horror movie, yeah, Coven, yeah, Coven, yeah, that, yeah. That was it's it, documentaries are way better than regular narrative movies now. Like they just, there's so many that I go, I want to see that again. Yes. I, I love that. It's it's always a new story. It's always a new, except for Michael Moore, which is the same David right. and Goliath um, right. nonsense, right. made up facts and whatever. But they've totally eclipsed feature films. You know, I I don't. I keep trying to go see Under the Skin because people say it's good, and I go, "Yeah, is it really good, or should I just watch Five Orphan Blacks?" You know, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like it's weird for me to. I, I've declared it openly and professionally, like I'm done with movies, and I I don't know why narrative films. Mm. As someone who went to school and studied it and and worked in it, and, well, have you thought about doing to uh, making a documentary? I started to make one about Michael Moore, and I, I abandoned it. I met a guy who shot um, Roger and Me, his mm-hmm. first documentary, and um, 
back in Flint, Michigan, and he was never paid. And Roger and Me at the time was the highest grossing documentary of all time. Mm-hmm. And he was owed about 35 grand. And the film got him blacklisted in Flint, Michigan, because if you make films in Flint, Michigan, you work for uh, the, the auto manufacturers. Mm-hmm. You do industrials and whatever. So once that movie came out, you were you could not work anymore. So he had to move out here. And we shot some scenes of me attacking Michael Moore at a book signing going, why won't you pay Bruce Shermer the money you owe him? And they threw us out of there. And I, I like I, I wanted it to be for him. So I signed all the footage over to him and then he sold it all to some other company. To, I just I, I didn't care. Right. But no, I'm not a I, I'm not a doc dude. I think it takes too much time. Uh, what... <laughs> it's too much energy for not enough pay. Yeah, they don't they don't make money, so you have to well your sister knows this. Yeah. Yeah. So my sister she makes documentaries but she also directs television and, and right. co- commercials to pay the bills. I would like to see and, and I know the internet is filled with this, but I'd like to see really short docs. Like really Oh, my sister, you know, she won an Oscar for a yeah, short doc. Yeah, but you know <laughs> I'm kidding. But but new ones. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different ones. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the storytelling tools are so available. You know, you can shoot. I just watched phone. one. Re- I, I can't. Remember. It was just like something on a Reddit feed, and I and I watched for six minutes, and I was like, "Awesome!" That's then, and, and mm-hmm. it it didn't deserve ninety minutes of my attention, but you know, the sort of Twitter version of Docs. Yeah, you know, I'd love to just follow you around with a camera and see what goes on <laughs> here when the, the fucking saddest. mics go down. Be like, yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you guys for listening in, and I apologize for the, the missing 38 minutes. Um, it's not your fault, Marty. It is my fault, and that, but I'm you okay know what? with it. I'm okay what's with it. The, what's the teachable moment here? Um, Don't have Bill come over when you fuck up, because he'd yeah, still be attacking yes, you. Yes. Oh, my God, Marty, you fucked up. Oh, you're so fucking stupid. Oh. He didn't, he didn't show up. Um, I forgive you. Okay. You're doing the Lord's work. All right. There's a lot of contraptions you got to deal with. Yes, but we we it's all for the listeners. So please, if you haven't emailed in, surprise us. Email us at uh, noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. Nooner Dan Marty is the tweet handle, and Stephen Kruger with a ph is Steve's Twitter. What what are you gesturing about? No, it's not you. Okay, I got to stop off at the supermarket on the way home. Oh, this is love. This is what it is. Love and technology. I'm getting messaged from Lance Mountain. Can you go to the supermarket? And get what? I don't know. That's all I got. All right. It's a mystery. Uh, and uh, you can tweet me. I'm at Marty U. And, uh, Give us an idea for a uh, short uh, doc we should make. Oh, yeah. We, have, we have the equipment. Yeah. We just don't. I don't know what to shoot. We have cell phones. We have, I have a real camera. Ooh, look ooh, at you. Ooh, Final Cut Pro. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, wait. God damn it. See, now Bill should be here. No. All right. Don't, don't, let, him, don't let him in your head. All right. Have you got the button ready? Yeah. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hit that button. Time to hit that button. Time to hit that button. Time to hit that button. Hip that fuck. Time to hip that fuck. Time to hip that fuck. Bop! 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 Hip that fuck!
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.